Blog Talk Radio. Urban Glory Radio. Simply Glory. Well, good evening. This is LeVon Grill, and this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Let's look to the Father and get right into tonight's lesson. Father, we thank you and praise you for this day. Lord, this is the day that you have made me rejoice and I'm glad. We thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do mean to depend on the Holy Spirit as educator and guide to give clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought as I make manifold known the wisdom of God. Holy Spirit, I say, have your way. Do what only you can do. Anoint the people's ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And, Father, in everything that shall be accomplished and revealed, you be glorified. For it is in the name of Jesus that we do praise you and give you glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen. We have been discussing the dispensation of grace, and we're going to further on our teaching on grace and judgment. We're going to go a little deeper into it. Uh, as you know, last week we had uh, gave some reviews of how to take notes and how to study the Word of God systematically, and we're going to keep at it. I want to remind you that grace is a work of salvation and that it is a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. Grace is a sanctifying tool for righteousness. And grace is a signature of God's covenant that he established amongst those that believe. Then also I want to remind you that grace is the sole force that overcomes the nature of sin. Turn with me to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Now, when we discuss uh, passages of Scripture, it's important that we get a concept or a snapshot on why Romans was written. Study, we know that one of Paul's greatest works is placed among the 13 epistles uh, uh, and is called is called Romans. It explores the significance of the Lord Jesus' sacrificial death using doctrine in the Bible as a as a necessity for people to comprehend the good news of Jesus Christ is more than fact to be believed. It is also a life to be lived, a life of righteousness benefiting a person justified freely by God's grace through redemption. Now, judgment teaches us to establish a concept around God's God's grace as a legal term. And so we know that grace, with, with what grace is, we know that it is the sole force that overcomes the nature of sin, and that's what we want to talk about today. Romans chapter 6, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. 
How shall we live that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that as many as of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death, therefore we are buried with him in baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Now, that brings a benefit to establishing the grace of God. And that is, it, it links us into the same reality as the Lord Jesus experienced when he was raised from the dead. That type of power, that type of encounter should be motivating us uh, to take advantage of God's grace. But if we don't know that the verdict of God's grace being merited or given to us is because God has judged it or placed in the world as a, a solution to the dilemma of the day, we will we will miss out and mess up and not experience the quality of life that God has intended for us to live. But we are not of those that don't have that hope in Christ. We do have a sovereign judgment given by God to live a life of righteousness. And so grace that does not lead to you attaining righteousness in, in God through Christ is not grace at all. It is a distortion. Let's keep reading. Verse 6. Knowing this, our old man is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed, that we henceforth not, uh, should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. But for but in that he died, he died unto sin once. Very powerful. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Christ our Lord. Now, I want to remind you that there are three laws, if you will, that we as believers exist off of. Number one is the law of liberty, James chapter 1, verse 25. Number two, the life of Christ, the life of Christ. And notice that's what this, this uh, dynamic of grace is appealing to in chapter 6 of Romans. And then that's found in Colossians chapter 1, 21 through 29. 
And then there is the love of God, 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 21. The love of God. Now, verse 9 or verse 10. For in, in that he dies, he dieth unto sin once. But he that liveth, he liveth unto God. Now let's go down to verse 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye shall obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that live, that are alive from the dead, and your members are instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. Now, God has caused the grace that he has given us to supersede the law. Because the grace of God will enable you to yield yourselves unto God that you should live as as one who has been made alive from the dead so you are so that you become a instrument of righteousness. So the righteousness of God is released through the reality of grace. And that grace that is given us through the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus, once we deny our flesh and become identified with Christ, our identification then gives us a legal, and our, our transformation to his identification gives us a legal document to, to God and all those that are, are present that his grace, Glory to God. His grace uh, transforms us into instruments of righteousness. So grace must be understood as a legal term in order to experience the justice and the judgment that comes from it. And, And we as believers should not fear the judgment of God. Now, we learn that judgments from God are everlasting, and they are also eternal. And we gave 12 dynamics of God's judgment seen in Scripture as everlasting and eternal. And I want to go over that real quickly while we are studying, Amen. We said that his everlasting nature, God's everlasting nature in judgment causes us to have possession in Genesis 17, 8, covenant in Genesis 17, 13, statutes, which are laws, Leviticus 16, 34, doors, uh, opportunity, according to Psalms 24, verse 7, righteousness, according to Psalms 119-142, strength, according to Isaiah 26-4, light, according to Isaiah chapter 60, verse 20, name, it gives us name recognition, according to Isaiah chapter 63, verse 12, dominion, Daniel chapter 7, verse 10, 
Habitation, Luke chapter 16, verse 9. Kingdom, Jude chapter 1, verse 6. And gospel. That is the everlasting nature of God's judgment. When God says something, it works over and over and over and over and over again, and it produces those 12 dynamics, the possessions, covenant, statutes, doors, righteousness, strength, light, name, dominion, habitation, kingdom, and then ultimately gospel. Also in God's uh, nature of judgment, he is eternal. Eternal without end, eternal life, eternal damnation for those who oppose his life, eternal excellency, eternal power, eternal weight of glory, purpose, eternal purpose, eternal salvation, eternal judgment, eternal redemption, eternal spirit, eternal inheritance, and eternal fire. So what we do know is that God will express his judgment in two forms, in two lights, everlasting and eternal. So that's why we can resolve, just like Jesus only does what his Father does and says. He says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Now, in God's judgment and the way God executes his judgment is through his righteousness. His righteousness and his righteousness is afforded to us through his grace. And what God wants us to do as believers is to develop confidence in existing in his righteousness. And righteousness alters a complex of sin found in the mind of men and transforms it through repentance, and resolving to the mind of Christ, producing favor to manifest the perfect will of God. So the, uh, we need to also be assured that that, the, that these eternal or everlasting are always effectual and exceeding in God. Amen? Amen. Now, let's get into... Uh, I'm giving you this, that we see grace as a salutation to Scripture, Romans 1, 7, a sovereign act, Ephesians 2, 8, supernatural sufficiency, 2 Timothy 2, 16, uh, and speech, you see that in Colossians 4, 18. What I want you to understand is what grace releases when it's, when it's given as judgment. Number one is redemption, redemption. And, of course, you know the scripture in Romans 6 refers to our redemption and our justification that we found in the Lord Jesus Christ where we have become the righteousness of God in him. Now, uh, righteousness is a very powerful concept because when, when we were servants of sin, we were, we were free from righteousness. But, but through God's grace, we we are dead to sin and therefore become instrument of righteousness. Now being made free from sin, we become servants of God, that we might bring fruit unto holiness and as and then the end 
everlasting life, for the wages of the sin of death, and for the gift of God, which is the grace of God, eternal life through Jesus Christ. Now, um, if you ever want to know where to go to study how to overcome uh, sin, you go to Romans chapter 6, and then you can also go to Romans chapter 8. Amen. Now, let's get into the theology of the judgment of God as grace. Psalms 82. You'll hear me in a number of teachings refer to this particular teaching uh, because it's, 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 uh, it's very uh, important that you understand the grace of God that is on your life to produce the judgment of God and the judgment of God as law. Let's read Psalms 82 in its entirety. It says, Psalms 82, God standeth in the congregation of the mighty, and he judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah, which means pause and think about. Defend the poor and the fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and the needy. Deliver the poor and the needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk in darkness. All the foundations of the course of the earth are out of course. I have said, ye are God, and are all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, the earth and judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Now, what this reveals is God's mind on judgment, and that judgment is afforded through us through the grace of God. And we know that the grace of God has allotted, uh, or our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ has allotted grace as the law for the believer to live a righteous life and to conquer uh, right, uh, to conquer uh, this life and what this life has to bring through righteousness. And that righteousness affords uh, grace to be activated, and in grace we see that grace act, uh, allots redemption, and it also allots, number two, justification. Turn with me to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2 that we just study and go through the scriptures. Amen. Looking at my time. Going a little slower tonight, um, but it's good information for you to have in your notes. Grace as judgment, Titus chapter 2, or chapter 3, I apologize, Titus, Titus chapter 3, verse 7. It says that being justified 
by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. There it goes. Anytime you see the word judgment in lines of how God operates with humanity, it's either seen eternally or everlasting. And in this one, we are justified by his grace that we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The hope of eternal life is Christ in you. He is the hope of glory. He is the hope of the weight of God. So we see that that grace allots redemption, grace allots justification, and it also allots salvation. Now let's go to Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1. Amen. And let's look at verse 10. It says, Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Now let's go back up to uh, verse 7. The trial of your faith being made much more precious than gold, that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found under the praise and the honor and the glory of God at the appearing of Christ Jesus, whom having not seen ye love, and even whom though ye now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice in joy and a joy of full, a joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. So what happens when grace is taking place? Of course, it says, of which the salvation of the prophets of old inquired and searched diligently to prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. There should be in your life the judgment uh, that God has passed over your life, has marked you to attain the grace to live the life that Christ has intended for you to live. And we know that Christ is not Jesus' last name, but the Spirit of God, in which he was enabled to work and operate in power. Now, if that is in motion, salvation, justification, redemption, you'll be able to be sanctified. And, of course, you know First Peter chapter 1 verse say, elect according to the foreknowledge of God and the Father through the sanctification of the Spirit and obedience to the sprinkling of the blood of Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. So when the peace and the grace of God is multiplied on your life, you are blessed by the Father according to the abundance of his mercy which he's given you, according to the lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to the inheritance of the incorruptible and the undefiled faith is not a wise way reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith and salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, where you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if if need be ye are in heaviness through the manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith may be much more precious than gold, which perisheth not away, which perisheth though it be tried with the fire, might be found unto the praise and honor of honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom we have not seen. And it says this in verse 10, of which salvation the prophets have inquired, search, uh, searching diligently who prophesied of the grace, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, 
which was in them did signify when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. So here we see grace as a law that is released through redemption, justification, salvation, and sanctification. And when those things are in effect in the life, it becomes something that supersedes the law and it aligns itself to the perfect will of God. The will of God is the mind of God, and the mind of God on the matter is that if God has done a work in you to establish you in his spirit, by his spirit, through the power of his grace, he expects you to establish your life in the righteousness of God, which is a judgment of God. And the judgment of God should awaken so much strength and insight in you that you cause God to stand when you develop a congregation. When you walk in the world with a with a consciousness of God, when you walk into the world with a, a relevance based on revelations from God, when you walk into the world with a reliance upon the Spirit of God, you will begin to be able to execute not only judgment, but into our next lesson, the justice of God. And Psalms 82, it is amazing that the power display of action needed to bring salt to the world was found in the people embodying the judgment of God. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. So judgment, grace and judgment, then awakens the godly, godliness as reality. Amen. Godliness as reality. And, of course, Romans 8 hits to that. Let's go there right quick. I love the word. Hallelujah. Thank you for the word of God. It empowers us to live godly so that through the Spirit we can attain this power that causes judgment to become a part of our our nature. Hallelujah. Now listen. It says in Romans 8, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of God, he is none of his. But if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But the spirit, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we do not become debtors of, we are not debtors of the flesh, not of the flesh to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the Spirit of the world of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the Spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Our Father. The Spirit itself bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children of God, then heirs and heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ Jesus. If so, we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. 
for the earnest expectation of the creature waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creatures were made subject to vanity, not willing to be subject by reason of whom he had, who he hath subjugated to the same hope. Because the creature itself also hath been delivered from the bondage of corruption into a glorious liberty of the children of God. The children of God have, have a glorious liberty because we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth uh, and pray together until now. Not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even so ourselves grow within ourselves, awaiting the adoption to wit the redemption of the body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is not seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he hope for? But if we hope for that which is not seen, which we see not, then we do with patience wait. For it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth with us in our infirmities, but we know not how we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit itself take of intercession and groans which cannot be uttered, because it searcheth the hearts. He that searches the heart knoweth the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord, who are called according to his purpose. For who he did foreknew, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that they might be the firstborn of my many brethren. Moreover, who he did also predestinate to them, he also called, who he called, he, to them he also justified, and those who justified the death that he glorified. So we see this, this reality of grace becoming so legal that, that, that judgment becomes our justice our justice, and we're going to get more into that in the next lesson. And guess what? I'm out of time. I have a lot more content to give you, but we just don't have enough time to share it. Let me, let me say this. When you allow the Spirit of God to teach you how to come so close to him that you begin to reflect his nature and his impact. It will awaken within you a compassion and a capacity and a compass called righteousness that will seek out ways to express itself in your character, your conduct, and your commitment to express itself into what Christ reveals to you through that new nature. Uh, What dispensations of grace does is let you know that God has planned in this time And the resolve of executing those plans are activated to and by the grace of God. And that grace has been committed to Jesus and ordained for us to walk in a liberty that empowers our life to be in sync with God. 
I want to leave you with John chapter 5. John chapter 5, verse 22. Now let's start at verse 19. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he does, these things does the Son doth likewise. For the Father loveth the Son and showeth him all things that himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these, that um, that ye may marvel. For as the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son of Man quickeneth, quickeneth whom he will. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto his Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son hath honoreth not the Father which hath sent him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. And he shall come, he shall not come into condemnation, but be passed from death unto life. And that's a part, uh, powerful thing to understand. That I of my own self can do nothing, but as I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which sent me. And, of course, you know, verse 27 says that he has given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not. For the hour cometh in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth, and they shall have done good, and their resurrection of life, and, and they which have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. This is Jesus speaking of this hour, this particular time, moment in time. Jesus has been given judgment for us to execute that same judgment and produce the reality of godliness and then also justice. Now, when I come back, of course, you know, we're going to be celebrating uh, women's history for the rest of the month. When I come back, I'm going to give you uh, some more insights on grace. But now we're going to talk about grace and Judgment. Let's justice. Let's pray. Father, there's never enough time to exhaust the intents of your word and the intents of your heart. But in the time space that we've given you to teach us even more about the facets of your grace, the manifold grace of God that you've given us, I ask that there be wisdom, knowledge, and understanding imparted supernaturally and given to your people to experience this new nature and the reality of it and uh, as someone being aggressively engaged into the establishment of your kingdom on earth as it is. Lord, as we continue to journey in your word, let your word 
have a deep root in the hearts of the healer, that they will awaken to the urgency of the hour and rely and resolve on your grace. We thank you for it in Jesus' precious name. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Would you repeat after me? I confess with my mouth, and I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised Jesus from the dead. I thank God for the work that he did for me at Calvary. if you said that, you are a born-again believer. And we would ask that you would call our prayer center so that way you can give the evidence of the Holy Spirit uh, with speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives evidence. And then you could also get connected to a Bible-believing teaching and preaching church that will cause you to walk in the statutes and the ways of our God. We thank you for listening to the broadcast tonight. Continue to listen for the rest of the month as we celebrate Women in Ministry and Women's History Month. God bless you and good night.